Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. We're back, man. Episode 169. Man, 69. We, huh? we getting up there, man. 169. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, before we get into the podcast, I want this podcast has been sponsored by Homemade Tacos from Keith's Mom. <laughs> Me and Keith just had some tacos, you know, and the way black people make tacos is way different than than anybody else. Yeah. You know, we'd be having like like chicken top, like chicken in a in a pot, yeah. steamed up, and then you get chopped up. It's just way different than traditional Mexican tacos. Yeah, it's, and also like our one of our uh, family's love languages is food. You know what I mean? It's because mm-hmm. we have a big family, and we don't come from much. So one of the only ways we can bond is through food. So like right. in the kitchen, my aunt is in there, my grandma's in there, right. you know, my aunt just ran to the store to pick up some stuff. Like right. it's a whole event, even though it was only a few of us in there. But um, yeah, it's just, it, you know, it just, it just kind of brought back a lot of memories, nostalgia and stuff. Oh yeah, man. I ain't had them homemade tacos in a minute. Yeah. It keeps mom's tacos is different because they'd be gigantic. <laughs> one, ta- yeah. one taco was a whole meal. <laughs> Serving size a quarter of a taco? No, they'd be like serving size. You good? <laughs> <laughs> That's the o- the only downfall, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people experience this. The only downfall about getting into a relationship is that part of the tradition of like the food your mom or your dad or whatever cooked for you is kind of lost. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you used to certain meals, and then once you get your own household, you start you, you the the meals that you cook kind of change up a little bit. But like the only way you can go get those OG meals is from like your mom's or your grandma. Or whatever. That's real. One of my biggest fears in regards to getting married is like if I have a wife that can't cook. That's not a problem for me. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. I could cook my own food, and I cook <clears throat> I cook pretty decent. But it would be like if she's persistently making me nasty food, and she won't fucking stop. Would you be would you be honest? Like yes. yeah, this ain't this ain't it. I'd be like, hey babe, check it out. I you know I love you, right? You gotta lead it off. You gotta preface the statement before no, you I say love you. before you say something fucked up, you gotta preface the statement. Hey babe, you know I love you, right? Yeah, I know. You need to get out of the kitchen and stay out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, because people that can't cook, they they have it's a very common theme. It's either oversalted, undersalted, or dry. Mm-hmm. Or overcooked, and it's like, yo, cooking is really not all that difficult. You just gotta follow directions. That that's what I don't get. The, what what um, I think the biggest issue, or not the issue, the thing that I see the most is when people try to remix meals. Like, hey, I don't have this, so I'm gonna replace it with this. Or, oh, I forgot this at the grocery store, so let me throw this in there. And then that's where people really start screwing up. Yeah, they start mixing shit in without knowing what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Like, I, if you ever get, first of all, it's just little things, too. Especially, like, if you grew up around a lot of black and brown people and they make, you know, the staples, like, you know, Kool-Aid. And it's so sweet that mm-hmm. it's like, you can't even drink it. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, you gave me diabetes. One time, my homeboy, his mom made a pitcher of Kool-Aid. And she's like, you want some Kool-Aid? I was like, sure, why not? Let me get a refreshing cup of, uh, <laughs> I call it por- uh, pour juice. <laughs> They need to change the name of Kool-Aid to Poor-Aid. The only people that buy Kool-Aid is poor people. That's it. Poor-Aid. That's crazy. Poor-Aid. Are you you in a financial crisis? (laughs) Have you ever had Flavor-Aid? Yes. 
Flavor <laughs> Flavor Aid is like that's nigga, that's bottom of the poverty line. Nigga, Flavor Aid is so cheap. That you, I remember it was like it was like five for a dollar or something. Yeah, some cra- like a crazy deal. And it's got like a picture of a little white boy on it, like no. a little cartoon character. It's like a straw. Oh, it's a straw. Yeah. With, with, oh, mm-hmm. rainbow colored straw. Mm-hmm. Okay. But back in the day, Flavor Aid had a picture of a little cartoon character, like a little white kid. Really? Yeah. But then they they wanted to. I bet you they was cutting back money, so they took the animation off. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so cheap, man. It tasted like they Flavor Aid had a little bit of chalk in it. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it, it'd be like 1% juice, 9% chalk. You'd be like, what? <laughs> they probably sprinkled a little crack in there, too. Just yeah. To- Flavor Aid tastes like a bunch of uh, chewed off erasers off the back of a Dang. pencil. Dang. <laughs> Sugar couldn't even mask the terrible taste. Yeah. That, yeah. Shit, that shit was fucked up, man. But- it always tastes watered down, too. Yeah, like it was, you could mix it. How I mean, the ingredients is right on the package, but it still tastes like watered down Kool Aid. Yeah, that shit was pre diluted. <laughs> it's like, how you gonna pre dilute my shit? I didn't even put no fucking sugar in it. Like yet. water coolant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do not mix or pre mix fifty fifty. <laughs> Flavor aid tastes like fifty fifty coolant. <laughs> pre diluted coolant. Do not add water. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's get right into it, man. High Hill Crocs. Um, for those that are fans of Crocs, about to blow your mind right now. All right. Um, hmm. It's basically the company Balenciaga and their take on Crocs. Um, and I see this article. Just try, just try to look away from these Croc stilettos. It's kind of not a. That's not an objective uh, article, but I'll read it anyways. Um, uh, these. There are a pair of Crocs for almost every occasion. Going to the Emmys, um, insulting Victoria Beckham, ca- causing a website to crash, thirsting for Post Malone. Now Balenciaga has given us yet another pair of Crocs to consider. One that is either an atrocity to humankind or very good prank on rich people. Behold, Crocs stilettos. Um, and it's literally a Croc stiletto. Imagine a Croc, right? And it's tilted up and it has a heel on the back. That is literally all it is. Yeah. Right. I'm going to give you the price point they got. Their Crocs, their stilettos, they're $1,000 a pair. Per CNN, though they aren't currently available to buy, these shoes debuted as a part of Balenciaga Spring 2022 collection, uh, which also featured equally baffling knee-high Croc rain boots, the Balenciaga Crocs 2.0. The Croc stilettos feature a heel that looks reminiscent of a Nerf dart. They're made of of the signature squishy foam material and come in both black, bright green, black and bright green. The perfect range of colors for you when you want your shoes to go with everything or absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, here's my take on it. I feel like people fall in love with brands too much and this is just another, it's, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And what's weird too is is I think a lot of rappers are responsible. Not they're not solely responsible, but but they be like Versace, 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 Versace on oh my body. Yeah. And then you promote those brands. Yeah, they promote these brands that normal people can't afford. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous. And it and these brands become a status symbol. That's all they are. Mm-hmm. It's a status symbol. It's like hey. I got a Balenciaga shoes on. You know those really ugly pair? They look like uh like fucking uh platform shoes. Yeah. The oh thick my. soles. They're so thick. They look like sodas. 
Those shoes look like <clears throat> domestic violence. They look so <laughs> fucked up, man. Yeah, those shoes are fucked up. And then these shoes, they're so marked up, they're like $1,500 for a pair of shoes. Yeah. You see Kanye's new shoe he came out with? It's like it's like a, a mold, and it's mm-hmm. like you just slide your foot in it. It looked like your shoe was getting swallowed by venom. Yeah, that's what yeah. it looked like. Yeah, uh, Kanye's shoes look like mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he the way he created. Like one day I woke up in a cold sweat, and these shoes was on my mind, and then I took my Lexapro. And my other medication for my mental illness, um, I, behold, schizophrenia. You're like, nigga, if you don't stop it with these goddamn shoes. The schizo ones. Yeah, the schizo ones. Man, this shoes are, they're fucked up. But anyways, uh, these, these Croc stilettos, this is just a classic case of people knowing their power. Mm-hmm. They know that they're Balenciaga. And I've seen people with Balenciagas on. I'm like, those shoes took like three dollars to make, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, "What's so special? Where's the, you know? They got they got a pair of Balenciagas where it's basically like a sock. Yeah, it's a it's a sock that you slide up, and it's got laces on it. Yeah, and that motherfucker. How much are those? No laces. No, no, they got some with laces now. This the slip on ones like that. They got some with laces now. Oh, I never seen those. Yeah, the motherfucker. The laces <clears throat> is way up on the leg though. That's weird. Yeah, how, do you know how much they are? Yeah, uh, somewhere in the thousand dollar range, I'm sure. Really? I don't know actually, because I be seeing people like regular Joe Schmoes wearing those, so I they know. can't be that much. Yeah, they'll have the they'll have the price, but it, it's just weird to me, man. I think we become a slave to brands, and me too. Let's say I'm a celebrity, I'm gonna promote brands that people can afford. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be promoting Versace and Gucci and. That's ridiculous. I'm not putting that shit out there. I don't wear any of that stuff. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, and it's not like I'm shitting on it, but I, I'm I'm comfort over fashion any day. Yeah. Like right now, I'm wearing some shoes, that, little straps on them. They look like something you've seen in the Bible, you know, <laughs> call them the Jebediah Sevens. Jebediah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're cool, man, and they mm-hmm. feel good, and that's what I'm all about. But these high heels that they got, this is the biggest rip off of the century it probably took them literally about 75 cents to make these shoes it's yeah. nothing but foam literally mm-hmm. it's foam and a high heel piece that can't be no more than 75 cents i think that most um designer shoes are ugly to me and you know yeah. me and uh well my boy pat he he directs a lot of music videos for rappers so you see a lot of these these different shoes a dior and balenciaga and uh Hermes and all this kind of stuff and a lot of that's a lot of the 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 shoes and the, the fashion just in general is just ugly it is and it's only I'm at the I I'm not knocking the the uh the brand because I understand that nothing has value we put the value on right on, on everything yes. so um and I aspire to you know sell certain things and sell merchandise and stuff right. like that. So I can't really knock that. But I'm just saying, as far as the aesthetic goes, this is disgusting. Like yeah. Crocs themselves are kind of like this niche thing where, you know, you kind of throw them on um, to take out the trash or some people just like to wear them if, if they go on grocery shopping or something like that. But to, to try to make Crocs high fashion and, you know, put that price tag on it is uh, d- is, is, is disgusting. 
I think that they're leveraging the popularity of Crocs. Uh-huh. Crocs I, and I, the Balenciaga brand, right? Balenciaga mm-hmm. brand is this high fashion brand, mm-hmm. and Crocs is popular. Mm-hmm. I would say that Crocs <clears throat> is a more popular brand mm-hmm. because more regular people can, wear can them. It. Yeah, but then you got Balenciaga. Like, I think that we should do a fusion. Balenciaga fusion. <laughs> it's some coked out motherfucker from Balenciaga that just snorted a fat line. Like, you know what? Yeah, those look amazing with a heel on them. <laughs> We'll make, but we'll make sure they're very cheap. Only a thousand dollars. You fucking cokehead. Jeez, man, it's it's so strange that the these high fashion people they're definitely coked out too. Yeah, because coke is like a rich person's drug. They're just taking bumps all day. Yeah, these models are eating air. Dang, air sandwiches. Yeah, and the designers just doing coke off their butt. They ain't got no ass. Those models. Yeah, these ain't these ain't them plus size of these thick models. They got the old fashioned models. <laughs> a Happy Meal could feed nine women. <laughs> yeah, they off their back then, I guess. Yeah, off they. They, they just got a long back. And, yeah, I don't know. They look like some of these girls are like their rib cage is showing. Yeah, that's disgusting. And it's like, oh my god, she's I, so stunning. That's the, the that's gross. Like sometimes they be doing those uh, those skinny models. Yeah. They be doing the um the runway sh- runway shows and then they'll have the bikinis on or something like that. Yeah, and they just got no ass back there, like straight leg. I'm not I'm not like a stickler for it. Like I don't need women to have big asses. I, I don't need like. But if you ain't got no ass, there's a difference. Yeah, if you got no ass at all, it's still not your fault. It's genetics. Yeah, like you didn't you didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what, fuck this ass. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want it no more. <laughs> But God damn, I'm not going to lie and say that having absolutely no ass, like what I mean by no ass is I'm talking about looking at it from the side, there ain't even no bump on it. Yeah. Like they got ass like Hank Straight Hill. Straight up and down. They got Hank Hill ass syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> they go from their neck to their freaking Achilles. Or something. Like they can't even sit in a chair. They just fucking slide out. <laughs> <laughs> If you wanted to draw a straight line in art class, you would just set the model on the table and then just draw a line straight across. If you can't even hit a doggy style, you just be like, fuck it, just turn around. God damn. You can't hit it from the back and then back there. In order to hit it from the, the back. penetration would be too crazy. Yeah. It's like, we'll just stick to missionary for now. I know a girl, this white girl, she she was pretty thick too. But she she was almost like running away from her big butt. I think she was like low key ashamed of it. Really? Yeah. I think she was. It was a cover up. What you mean? Like I think women love that they got big asses. She, I'm sure she loved the attention. <laughs> I think that her issue was probably the uh, the attention. Yeah. It was kind of like she probably had a love hate relationship with the attention. Well, she because with a white girl with a fat ass, there's gonna be a lot of niggas yeah. hollering at you. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, my name is Tyrone. How you doing? And she's like, um, my name is Bethany. What do you need? <laughs> like, I'll just send you over there, girl. You know, I don't want to talk to you. But it's like the ass thing. It's kind of weird. It, it's kind of weird in a way because I, I do get it. I do get it that they probably like attention from certain men, but they just get way too much. Yeah. And it ain't their fault. They just walking around with dragging that wagon. Yeah. Ain't much you could do about it. Yeah. yeah. God bless you. Yeah, but we got off. We got off course again with the Crocs. Not a whole lot to say here. It's just a. T- it's just a classic case of people um, being a victim of brands. Mm-hmm. I've seen some dude, man. This guy had, and I'm not judging. I don't. 
I just analyze. I see things, but I don't like to judge people. This guy had a Honda. I think it was like an older Honda. And he had the window down, so he probably didn't have AC, but he had a shirt that said Gucci on it. I'm dead. Like, how about you sell that Gucci shirt on eBay and fix your fucking AC? Yeah. You can fix your air conditioning, man. Get rid of that shirt. Yeah. What's the point of having a Gucci belt? And it's not Gucci in your own car. I wonder I wonder what would happen. You know how um Isaiah Rashad had this this music video where he was walking on the pier and it had everyone's bank account, like their I don't know if it's I guess it's like the the amount of money that was in their bank account was like floating on their head. So it'd be some if it was green, some people had like twelve dollars to their name and then the next person walking by had like what? like five and then the next person had like red, it was like negative you know, six dollars in a bank account. It was just kind of like this, um, this like real. Uh, I guess it's like a visual portrayal of people's bank accounts. You know what I wow. mean? And it was an interesting idea for for a music video. Um, but what if that was like how everybody dressed? Like mm. yeah, how you know? I wonder how different people's actual like att- attires would look like. Like the person that could probably only afford Walmart jeans, Walmart mm. t-shirts, Walmart socks. How they would look like versus how they dress now versus wearing mm. Balenciagas and you know. What I, mean? I think the people that dress the best is the motherfuckers with insufficient funds. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, these shoes I got on <laughs> is some Walmart's. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers feel good too, man. Shout out to Walmart, yo. Real talk. Yeah. Walmart, the place where you go to gallon of milk and leave with a 75 inch TV. <laughs> you better have a, when you go to Walmart, you better have a fucking list, man. Cause you, if you walk in there without a list, you will go in there for a loaf of bread and leave with an air fryer. Yeah. But like, those are, those are the shoppers though. I, yeah. Are you that kind of person that are going there? Not really, but I've done it before. Yeah. And you go in there and be like, shit, I didn't realize I needed a toaster. Yeah. Some people are like, um shopping is um like part of the um the thing that makes them whole mm. like i think i think my mom has a little bit of that like she she ha- obviously needs things to keep her household running that's women though women like that what do you call it retail therapy yeah they, and just, they, like, they go in there buying shit my mom goes straight to the clearance rack and buy christmas gifts in january (laughs) (laughs) it'd be crazy you get the christmas gifts and then by december everybody everybody too big to wear those shirts Uh, well he was an xl in january (laughs) a lot of times family they're they're, they they always they mean well but they be like kind of out of touch sometimes yeah they'll get you a shirt that with like a a low like a slogan that hasn't been cool in like 10 years yeah it'll be a shirt that say like raise the roof on the front (laughs) like what's up with this (laughs) that was two seasons ago oh man Mm -hmm. it'd be a tupac shirt say i get around dead It'd be a Bill Cosby shirt. Oh, like we ain't wearing we ain't wearing that no more. No, nah, I'd be a no, nah, I'd be a Bill Cosby shirt with uh with uh, it'd be like a Jello pudding commercial, <laughs> but it'd just be like the it'd be a frozen picture <laughs> with Bill on the front. Yeah, that's a trip, man. Yeah, Bill fucking Cosby, man. That was like the biggest change I've ever seen. Do you, you think the ju- my bad to cut you off? Do you think the jury is still out on like if it's true or not? Or do you think that um, the right, I guess, they came to the correct conclusion? 
Um, I don't know enough about the case, but I will say if enough women come forward with the same allegations and you, I think he semi admitted that he had done it before mm. that he put like, uh, like something in the girl's drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they came to the correct conclusion. Yeah. I want to look into that, the case. I'm going to read up on it just to see. Cause a lot of people are like, um, it, it, it just happened. And this is for me not knowing anything. It just happened so long ago that I'm curious to know how could you, um, you know, and even indict someone for from something that happened. You know, maybe I think it, it, it's not funny, and and but they showed like a video of Bill like moving weird. I think he's got dementia now. Really? Yeah. Like they showed him like looking around, and then he like moved his shoulders all weird, and he walked off. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Is that when? Uh, not when that girl popped out when he was walking into the courthouse or something like that. Uh, I think so. Something yeah, like that. And yeah. he like was looking around. He had a little weird like yeah, twitch. Yeah. 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 He was like, frazzle snazzle. <laughs> <laughs> we pronounce you to 30 years. <laughs> Wait a minute. Frazzle snazzle. That's not going to work anymore, Bill. <laughs> Gosh dang. Oh, there's that. Switching gears. Uh, parents outrage over masturba- masturbation video aimed at first graders. All right, let, let's uh, add some context to this. Let me get that article up. Yeah, this is a very strange story, uh, the whole masturbation thing. All right, here it is. Dalton parents enraged over masturbation videos for first graders. Last fall, parents of the posh 55000 per year Dalton school got wind of first graders being taught sex education lessons that included masturbation. They complained to school administrators, but were told they they had simply misinterpreted what Dalton's now notorious health and wellness educator, Justine Ang Fonte, who last month led a controversial and explicit porn literacy workshop at another elite prep school, was teaching. But after the post-expose last week on the porn class, Dalton parents bombarded the school with more complaints about Fonte's curriculum sources, told the Post. The Post viewed video of cartoon of, of a cartoon Fonte used in one of her sex ed classes for six-year-olds showing little kids talking about touching themselves for pleasure. Um, how come, how, hey, how come sometimes my penis gets big? Sometimes it points in the air, asked the little boy in a cartoon leading to an explanation of what an erection is the boy nods and says sometimes i touch my penis because it feels good then the little girl character chimes in sometimes and chimes in sometimes when i'm in the bath or when my mom puts me in bed i touch my vulva too little kids don't know what the fuck a vulva is yeah they can't even my niece is five and she can't even pronounce that word yeah yeah this okay okay here's the thing also a vulva is a car <laughs> it's been a pussy this whole time. <laughs> oh, you slick Germans! You did German engineering. We would call it a pussy. It is a pussy, but pussy car. It's a I pussy. like to ride in pussy. I like to ride in pussy. It's it's, it's a very slippery car. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, here's the deal. I, I think that there are multiple angles to look at this. Let's think about our personal relationships with how we learned about sex. Yeah. It wasn't always through sex ed. Yeah. Sex ed came later for us in school, but by then we already knew what was going on. 
I'm just I think personally, I think that the average young person growing up learns about sex from porn. Yeah. Because we somehow get a hold of porn and now porn is more accessible than any any time in American history. All you got to do is go to one of these porn sites. Boom. It's on your phone. Just Google it. Just Google it and it'll pop up. Yeah. Or you don't. Sometimes you don't even need a Google. You could just be scrolling through your timeline. Yeah. I, I bet you some of these kids is looking at the content that's being posted on Instagram and jerking off to it. This is jerk offable um, in, uh, content on social media. Teenagers got it good. Now, I used to have to put in a whole DVD and, you know what I'm saying, make sure my mom or my dad wasn't around. Ain't nothing worse than putting in a VHS porno and then you got to rewind it all the way back. You you wasting precious time because <laughs> when you get out of school at two thirty, you probably got like seven eight minutes of good whacking off time before somebody walks through that door. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It, and the thing about it though is the the lady the lady that was teaching those kids. I think first grade is too young, personally. Yeah, though the masturbation thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that most of us just found it. And I think it's an uncomfortable conversation for parents to have, mm-hmm. but they don't want to have these conversations with their own kids. Mm-hmm. So the lady actually was taking, probably taking information that she went through and she knows it. She knows that most of these kids get it through porn. So she had a porn expose. That's crazy. That's nuts. But I mean, it's, it's true. Um, I don't even, I can't even remember when I found out like the whole masturbation thing. It's just one day, you know, you get home and you just, I guess you just start touching your penis and be like, you know what? That felt great. Let me try that again. Yeah. Oh, I got milk coming out my penis. Yeah. And then that's how you find out. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to tell my first jack off story on, on, on the podcast, but it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody had that. Everybody had that experience, man. Yeah. If somebody tells you, if somebody tells you, uh, oh, man, I ain't never jacked off. Then that's a person that's uh, what do you call it? A liar. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Everybody figured it out somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do porn, whatever. Yeah. But I will say with this, uh, with this specific case, first grade is too young to be having cartoons about beating your meat. The th- the thing about it, um, I I guess it goes a couple ways. I think that um, there's no harm in masturbating. That's. Pr- if if as a parent, I'm sure you want your kids to masturbate probably more so than having actual intercourse because STDs and all kind of stuff right. out there in the world. Or you can, you know, your son would be in high school having a a, a kid. Right. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think some of it is um, I guess because we, 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 we heard about this through the brilliant idiots. And I guess that some of the kids were getting in trouble for like masturbating in public or something like that oh what so i don't i i I, even in that i think that's just a conversation you can have with that kid i don't think you need a whole entire class on yeah uh you know you don't need an instructional video on how to jack off yeah that's why because little kids be like look what i can do look what i learned because that's that's what kids do when they're kids are like an open book they're like sponges you tell them something they will run all over the place hey look look what i can do I ain't gonna lie, when I was in fourth grade, this is just like just strange kids. We, what we would do was we would like rub our genital area, right? We get a slight erection and then we'll go walk around the class and like throw something in the trash and then walk back to our seat. 
ain't never heard of that. <laughs> That's what we did. That's that is the wow. That is a revelation. You should have you should have told a, a Catholic priest that. <laughs> I know I should. You should have went to you should have went to confession. Like, he would have been like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, Can you do like, that for me now? And he's like, hmm, are you seven? <laughs> <laughs> so about how old were you when you? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be talking to another pre- another priest. Pass me that lotion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Father, what is that noise? Just give me two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes. That's wild. Oh man. But um, yeah, that was that that, that I think that um, it's a little too early. That's that's my thing. Is like. I think the reason sex education exists is because there is a lot of repercussions when it comes to people actually having real intercourse. True. You know what I mean? So I think that's why it's important when we take our, uh, you know, as freshmen, you take your your health classes. And yeah, I think in freshmen, that's the first time I learned about health. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's when kids are really getting active. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to to teach them that. But there's no real repercussions from, you know, just jacking off. People was wilding out my freshman year. I wasn't even having sex. It was people getting fucked in cars out in the parking lot at BHS. Nah. They was getting out. They was getting fucked out there. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And then freaks. Like, and. The the kids that were having sex were like I guess the cool like the cool yeah, in the cool yeah like the cool in crowd ones and mm-hmm. then they were cool until they got pregnant and then it wasn't so cool yeah that fall off quick I know a dude that had two kids before he was even out of high school oh my gosh yeah man teammate yeah. of mine I ain't saying no names. even in uh even in junior high it was maybe it was I think it was the thing about I think more so junior high, it was a proximity, right? So like um, people that had parents that worked a lot and then they may ride the bus home or something like that. And there was just like this, uh, this, this free time where they were, you know, pretty much home by themselves. And then they also probably rode the bus with a girl that they liked or something like that. And she lived in the neighborhood. That was like the people that was active. It wasn't necessary because in high school, it's like the person that holler at the most girls, you know, especially at BHS. BHS, you can get head in one of the top of the buildings. Yep. There ain't no classroom up there. And you just do it real quick and get on about your day. Yep. BHS. That's, yeah. That's but the- in junior high, like they weren't necessarily cool. They were just the people that had that type of freedom in order to like experiment, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. They, BHS, man, that school had some, especially since it was open campus back in the day, there were so <laughs> many places people was going and getting ahead, right? Yeah. Right on campus. Yeah. Getting ahead, all kind of stuff. You would, you are, it, it would, it would be so easy to tell too. Like yeah. pe- people in like high school, they, they, they didn't know how to hide the fact that they just got head or they just had some sort of sexual experience. I remember I was just chilling. I might have been like it might have been like after basketball practice or something. And then I seen one of my boys. He had walked because, um, you you know, where the basketball. Yeah. You know, the, the, so the basketball um, uh, arena or whatever is right here. And then the football field is kind of like tucked off in the back, maybe like, um, you know, probably like 400 meters away. Right. And then we was just chilling, chopping it up. And then I see my boy walk through, who shall remain nameless. And then probably a minute later, a minute and a half later, the girl walked through. 
And I'm just like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Yeah. And it's kind of dark too. It's probably like it's probably like 7:30, and they just like casually walking through, and ain't nobody else on campus except the basketball players. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he just got some head. Yeah, <laughs> head. People was having sex over there. Be it, that, they just they should just change the name to BH Sex. <laughs> That's what they changed the name of Bakersfield <laughs> High School. High I don't sex. know if it's still like that, but people was getting fucked back then. Yeah, that was a good old the good old days when people was getting pregnant at school. Yeah. Those are the the days, man. (laughs) And think about this. These are high school, which are much older students who can't control themselves and they're fucking each other, getting each other pregnant. Yeah. But imagine giving that type of information to a first grader. That's not. No, it's not cool. You you would catch kids having sex. You probably would. I promise that would happen. You probably would. I think. uh, And I imagine just the way, you know, we're referencing. Do you hear that? Yeah. What is that? As those birds up there, it sound like a pig. It sound like a Corona bird. <laughs> what? <laughs> These motherfuckers got COVID and over here they won't shut the fuck up while you trying to do the goddamn podcast. <laughs> oh man! But no, it's um, I think that that it it would only be worse now because like yeah. you know I'm saying it how I know how I would act as a teenager and I had mm-hmm. access to social media and I had my own phone and I could look up porn and stuff like that. Oh yeah. I'd be trying to have I'd be trying to smash every girl I knew. Oh yeah. The whole sexual thing, I think we gravitate we gravitate to it. You know, and plus our friends are our influences growing up. And yeah. if you have it, it, it like even if you're a younger the younger girl and you get older, you're in high school or whatever the case if you got older sisters, then they got vibrators and dildos and shit. Mm-hmm. And then you find out about sex through your older siblings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's just kind of how it happens, too. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Maybe just maybe the, the best way to teach your kids about sex was the way that my generation grew up. You, you pretty much just found out. Just learn it. Yeah. I don't ever <laughs> remember. I don't ever remember having a conversation about the birds and bees of my parents. Yeah, I think that. That's kind of a cliche. I don't know how often that that does happen. What the fuck is that about, anyways? The birds and the bees. I don't know that whole story, honestly. Like I know the bees and the birds, they're not fucking each other. Birds That's and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Yeah, the birds and the bees. They ain't, if they ain't fucking, then the story is irrelevant. Yeah, we gotta I, update the story. Yeah. So basically, there was once once about a time there was a bird. Once about a time there was a bee, and the bee took his stinger off and got fucked. <laughs> End of story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how you reproduce. They tell little kids weird shit like, how did how did my brother get here? Well, the stork came in and the stork dropped the baby off. No, it was never no stork involved. Yeah, no stork. My it was, dad was dropping dick off. That's what he yeah, was doing. One, they tell the truth, one, one late night on a winter day, uh, dad had too much Hennessy uh, <laughs> and he was too into me <laughs> and we had sexual relations. Yeah. And you came nine months later. That's how crazy your dad came that night and you came nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing on Wikipedia, uh, the birds and the bees. It says to talk about sex, also known colloquially, colloquially as the birds and the bees and the facts of life. Is generally the occasion in most children's lives where the parents explain what sexual relationships are. According to tradition, the birds and the bees is a metaphorical story sometimes told to children in an attempt to explain the mechanics 
and results of sexual intercourse through reference to easily observed natural events. For instance, bees carry and deposit pollen in the flowers, a visible and easy to explain parallel to the way a man brings the fertilization, brings about fertilization. Female birds laying eggs is a similarly visible and easy to explain parallel to female ovulation. Who's fucking in this story? <clears throat> this is a terrible. This is terrible. It's supposed to be what it, uh, collo- a collo- collo- colloquially or colloquialism. Yeah. That's, that's a hard word to say. Huh? Yeah, that's a that's a horrible way to really explain it. Mm-hmm. It's outdated. It's just basically saying, hey, look, I'm too much of I'm too much of a wuss to really tell you what goes on. Uh, Sex Ed should be a Cardi B, um, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion music video. Yep. My pussy wet. You know what's up? <laughs> yeah. That'd be fire. Yep. Meg Thee Stallion. Can you imagine Meg Thee Stallion really doing a- Teaching Sex Ed. That'd be crazy. That'd be, that'd be in that class. Horny. Man, that'd be everybody would be looking for a thick black woman to have sex with after that video. <laughs> God dang. I'll tell you right now, if if <clears throat> Made the Stallion had a sex tape, it'd be the most watched sex tape in the world. Oh, for sure. Definitely. She might have one out there. Yeah, she probably got one out yeah. there. Probably have a famous rapper in it. Who knows? A short one. Oh, a short one with a fucked up hairline. <laughs> <laughs> rhymes cool. with Corey. Yeah. What what's up with that whole shit now? I don't know what's it up just, with that it case. It just fizzled out. Yeah. Like Tory just supposedly he must have just unshot her by now. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> now how he got those bullets out. Like tenant. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I think know. uh I don't know if the case is still pending or not. You know, those and I think, you know, part of it was happening during COVID, so I don't know. But he's he out here, he doing interviews. The the thing about it is there are situations that happen with celebrities. Um, and if it kind of gets swept under the rug or if it settles, they go out and live their lives. Cause if if you are if you are not proven guilty, and who knows what happened in that case, if you are not proven guilty, ain't no person just gonna admit to something that they did that was crazy mm-hmm. like that. So he just out here, he doing interviews and dropping albums and all kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, by by Give it like a year and a half. This is not, it's not even going to be a conversation. That's crazy how fucking a shooting allegation could go away if you got the right representation. That sounds wild, huh? That's nuts, man. I, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Uh, <clears throat> you, you, I, I could say this because your brother told me, uh-huh. but he told me the way he learned about sex is some family member sat him down and just made him watch porn. Really? Yeah. I don't know if they had him watch the hard shit. You would think that that's a super dysfunctional way to teach a a child about I, sex. I, yeah, I, I know. I'm. I'm. I think I know who he's talking about, yeah. or who he may be talking about. Right. Um. But yeah, some people like they don't have. They. I don't think they understand ages. Right. So it may be somebody that's 18, and they'll see like a 11 year old boy. Like, nigga, sit down, sit down, watch this. This is Lisa Ann right here. <laughs> <laughs> She's been in the game a long time, man. Heck yeah. That's probably the most popular porn star in America. Yeah. Is Lisa Ann. Yeah. She's done did a- you hear about this? Uh, you know who Lana Rose is? Yeah, I heard about her. Did you hear the whole Kevin Durant dating thing? Nah. No, it's not. It's not really like, it's not no, uh, not that super interesting. But mm-hmm. supposedly like she did a thing on her podcast where she was describing a basketball player that she had went on a date with. 
Mm-hmm. And then she didn't say who it was, but like through deductive reasoning, like people like pieced ideas together because she was like, oh, he's he was playing in New York. And that was so they kind of dwindled it down from the Knicks to the Nets. And then, you know, they were like, oh, they were in the, they were in Miami on this date. And then they kind of picked they uh, looked at the basketball schedule and seen who was on mm-hmm. who was playing that night. And then they were like he was also a Virgo and all this kind of stuff. So they looked at the birthdays of the, the players and basically they came down that it might have been Kevin Durant. Right. And wow. then, um, yeah, basically the, the the big idea of the story was that um, he brought another chick to the date. So he, <laughs> he asked her on a date, but he was like, yo, I'm gonna bring my side piece, too. Yeah, because he knew like, first of all, when you're <clears throat> Kevin Durant and you just you have privileges that other people don't. And yeah. he knows that you probably like girls too. So he's basically saying, hey, let's have some dinner and go back and fuck. Yeah, that's that, that's the thing. Because she's, she's, I guess she's retired now. But it's just like, we know you for your work. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. this is this is why I'm only talking to you because you're a porn star. Yeah, that's true. And you also like have a, um, a history of doing scenes with multiple people and women and all kind of stuff. So it's like, you already know what it is when I show up. Yeah, that's true. Um, what, did, what did he say after uh, that quote he had after Patrick Beverly was like low-key locking him up for a couple games? I Do can't you remember, remember that. I don't remember. But he basically was like, you you know what it is. I'm Kevin Durant. You, you know my work or something like that. So that's probably what he told her when he showed up to the Probably. The date. Who knows? Um, but like uh, Lisa Ann is definitely one of the more well-known <clears throat> porn stars. She's done a lot for the uh, for the black community. I'm dead. <laughs> she was, <laughs> if you know what I mean. She was first Black Lives Matter supporter. Yep, she's been supporting black cocks. I mean, black lives for a long time. She used to have a uh, a shirt that said uh, BSM. What's that? Black sperm matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you at the wrong rally, girl. <laughs> Holding up the sign and shit. Everybody that's, confused. That's funny. People with, with blue lives matter, black lives matter. She just out there with sperm all over the. You know the cold part about those women is that, and I think this is like what's happening in Lana Rhodes now is that they think that they can retire. And Mia Khalifa too. They think that they could retire and have just a loving family and everything will be all peachy. Yeah. It's like, look, unfortunately, there are certain decisions that you make that are going to live with you the rest of your life. And I think that, look, I, it's I'm not remotely shaming these women um, for doing porn, but that's some shit where it's like, hey, you, you're going to live on the Internet forever because of that. Yeah. Like if you retire from porn, your video is still going to be up on there. Yeah. And then here's the fucked up part. Your kids are going to get old enough and they're going to come across those videos. That's the one. Yeah. Because it's, up I one. mean, it's not okay, but dealing with adults talking to you or in your mentions or in your DMs or whatever, talking about your, your, uh, your porn. But when your kids, like when Kanye West or Kim Kardashian's daughter and her, uh, her son get old enough to browse the internet, like Man. he's going to come across that video. Yeah, and, and the worst part is or the meme, right? And the worst part is your kids gonna get old enough to see that video and see how terrible of a blowjob you give. Oh dang, Kim Kardashian! <laughs> Kim Kardashian's blowjob is about a negative two. <laughs> that was the most terrible sex tape I probably ever seen. Yeah, Ray J was like, "Yeah," and I'm saying, "Yeah, that's true." Yeah, like Ray J, if you don't get your coked out 
Yeah. But, yeah, but Ray J, I, I got nothing to say about the this Ray J. This Ray J seems like a very motivated uh, The new one. Yeah. The new Ray J. The, the new Ray J. This that nigga's hilarious, man. Yeah, he's hilarious. He seems like he's really on it. He's, and his business at Raycon businesses. They just had a sponsor on flagrant. I was like, oh snap, they're yeah. really moving out here. They've been on Ray they've been doing Ray Raycon has been sponsoring them for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Shout out to uh Ray J and Raycon Global. <laughs> wink wink. Uh, <laughs> switching gears, um, keeping the same energy in friendships. I think we've had some semi, uh, we brought this up a little bit on the podcast before, but I was thinking about this because I, I thought about some people, uh, in my life. And I think that you and everybody else or people listen to this, they could probably relate that you got somebody in your life that you don't have a relationship with them unless you reach out to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you call them, they may not call you back. And and then they they act like social media is interaction, so they'll like a post or say something and just be gone. And then you hit them up, they don't hit you back, or they hit you back way later, or they just send you a text. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is this, man: if you consider somebody to be a friend, check on them. And that's what I like to do. But I've what I've learned as I've gotten older is a lot of people don't keep the same energy that I do. And it's unfortunate, but I, you just got to cut them off. And it's not like you doing it intentionally like, fuck them. I can still love you and not fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's based on the fact that I can't give this relationship more energy than you give it. Mm-hmm. If I if and a lot of times, too, if you gave people the same energy they gave you, they would consider it disrespect. And it's fucked up, but you got to stop dealing with people like that. Yeah. Like we're getting too old. I don't know how many how old you guys are to listen to this podcast. But I would assume you're probably around late 20s, 30s right in there. Yeah. You are too old to be trying to, I guess, spearhead a relationship with a friend or family member. And you'll find out real quick. If you never called them or checked on them, y'all wouldn't even be talking. Mm -hmm. And that's fucked up. It's inexcusable, man. Mm -hmm. I think that um, it's one of those things where... People, I think we often look for uh, verbal cues about certain things, right? Right, right. Like, I think we always need to affirm, like, hey, um, is we, like, are we are we still good? Like, is we, we still, like, we still good to watch the game on Sundays or whatever. Um, but in reality, the, the most telling signs are how people move. Yeah. And I think sometimes, yes. like, we just get caught up in this, like... Um, thinking things are still good because we haven't got that that verbal sign or that verbal cue as to like yo we not good no more yeah you don't don't wait on that yeah and i think oftentimes like you said it, it only it only takes a few actual interactions like and i think sometimes we like to hang on to things that um just because of like nostalgia yeah and i think for me i know that um, because I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends and I, I, like a lot of them, I don't talk to on a regular basis just because our lives are, uh, like in different places right now. But I think what I realize is that <clears throat> it's okay to like move on with your life because some people, you know, they say people are in your life are in your life for a season. Yes. Um, I, I think that's true because you think about, just think about, you know, I'm 29 right now, excuse me. Think about your friend groups through like probably like every four or five years of your life. 
in elementary school, you probably ran around with a certain group of people. You might have went to a different um, a junior high in a different area or a different district. So you didn't go to the same like at least for me, I didn't go to the same uh, middle school as the, the people in my uh, elementary school. And then when I went to high school, some of those students had went to West and some of them went to uh, Bakersfield High School. So it's almost like, you know, the, those different um, eras in your life were filled with different people. And I would be a fool to try to hold on to those same um, friends that I had in elementary school, because by by the time, you know, right now, um, I rarely communicate with any of those people. So for me to try to hold on to that, that, you know, those memories we had or whatever, it's like I would be doing myself a disservice trying yeah. to replicate that same energy we had when we were 10, 11 years old. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, another problem, the problem I have with people, too, is the same motherfucker that doesn't call you back and you in or whatever the case. The, if you died, they would go to your funeral and they would say something like, man, I just wish we would have talked more. So you made time to go to a whole funeral, but you couldn't pick up the phone when I was alive, you fucking idiot. Yeah. That's the problem I have with people, man. Look, I don't know who needs to hear this, but breaking news, we're all going to fucking die. And and the thing about it is, if you care about people, man, make sure you spread your energy out to the people you care about. But the what, instead of that, what we do is we love being tribal. We create these groups, this hierarchy of people. That you hang out with, you drink with them every week, and you know you, you know each other's families. You guys all hang out. You don't really hang out with these other people, and you start to push people away that are valuable people. You may not hang out with them every week, but you don't even check on these people. That's ridiculous. Shout out to my homie Carlos, man. My homie Carlos, I started off, I've only known him now. It's been about <clears throat> roughly about six years, mm-hmm. but this dude just hits me up out the blue. He one of the only people. That just hits me up. My, my homie of, of 20 years, 21 years, uh, Keith's brother, obviously, he hits me up. We talk all the time. But Carlos is one of the only people as far as in my peer group that just hits me up to check on me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't call me to, hey, you want to go watch this game? Or, hey, you want to come to this barbecue? Like, stop doing that. That's not friendship. Don't just hit somebody up when it's convenient for you. Yeah. Hey, I got a baby shower. I really would like you to come. Man, fuck your baby shower. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really messed up. But, you know, the kid's great. But fuck your baby shower. <laughs> right? <laughs> All these times I've called and tried to talk or hang out, whatever the case, and you never came through, I got to give you the same energy now. Now it's like, if you, it's like, yo, if you don't call me, you could text me, but I'll wait four days on purpose to reply to it. Mm-hmm. And say, oh, I'm great. Like, don't stop hitting me up. If you're not going to pick up the fucking phone and call, that is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We act like we're so important nowadays to answer a phone. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Stop acting like social media is interaction. It's not. Mm -hmm. You liking a post is not interaction. Yeah. It's not. So what are you going to say? Yeah, you know, he just posted something on Instagram and I liked it. And then now he's gone, man. It's crazy how fat. No, motherfucker, shut up. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't go to the funeral with that lovey-dovey Yeah, story. man, he was just, he was, you know, it's crazy, man. You know, we got a lot of, he was a really great guy, man. We had a lot of memories together. And mm-hmm. you, the, you the same fake. You know what? If you do this and you got a friend that dies, 
do your friend a favor and just shut the fuck up. Go to his funeral. Sit in the back. Sit in the back and shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> shut your stupid mouth because when that person was alive, your bitch ass didn't call. You didn't call. You didn't come by. You didn't ha- You didn't set up plans. Nothing. <laughs> Don't do that, bro. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> Pay your respects and shut up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's too many people to do this. The, the reason why I'm passionate about this is because it's some people in my life that I consider friends that we're cool with, that I'm cool with. But it's like it's certain people, certain things happen in their life and then they just stop talking to you. Yeah. It's like, you know, whether they get married and then they just stop talking to you. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What was our friendship ever based off of you being single? So as long as you were single, we could be friends. Now, all of a sudden, you got, you're married and you, I know a person, I ain't going to say no names, but it's somebody that I know. Dude was, you know, cool with, with subject A. They was hanging out, going to, going to, you know, events with each other, stuff like that. And then dude met a girl, got engaged, got married. Don't ever talk to him at all. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. <clears throat> So you mean to tell me that all it took was for you to get married to stop talking to people? Yeah. That's crazy. Even if it even from that person's uh point of view as far as the person that was uh friends and then got into the relationship, even to allow a person like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife or whatever right. to dictate who you are talking to. Right. Especially when they're not threatening as far as like right. the relationship goes. There if you, you go. know the relationship is strictly platonic, that's uh like you just too malleable for me to to be to be friends with. You know what I mean? I need somebody that has a little bit more integrity than, you know, just to cut somebody off be- because you're married now. That don't even sound right. That don't make sense, but it, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's a fucked up way. Like here's another thing too. You're not going to, there is no woman on this planet that will come into my life and dictate who I can and cannot be around. Yeah. Fuck no. Mm -hmm. No. I think it's important to have a strong nucleus around you. Um, You know, if you, if you do have a girlfriend or you're married or whatever the case, if your girl is spotting somebody that could be hurting you, that's different. Mm -hmm. You need to listen to that. Mm Mm-hmm. But if it's a friend and they like, I don't like them. They're just loud and they're this and that. I don't want them around. I'd be like, too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad. So sad. Because you're never you're never it's never going to always be great for all the dudes listening. I bet you your wife has friends and they're fucking stupid and you don't like them. But since it's your wife's friends, you leave it alone. You just be chilling. You just be chilling. But yeah. her, their friends are complete morons. And you just like, okay, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just and that's what you should do. Just leave it alone. As long as they're not hurting your wife or your girlfriend, leave it alone. Yeah. But I mean, because you what you don't want to do is you don't want to get in between that relationship. Because because you become like this dictator in a relationship. There you go. And you don't you don't want that type of energy going on. Right. Because it goes it goes both ways too. Like you can have some friend that you hang out with, you go to the bar with, or you uh watch football games or baseball games or whatever with and she may hate him or you know not necessarily hate him but dislike him right or dislike how you know he treats his wife or just like some of the way he moves and you just like you just casual and y'all, y'all cool so it goes both ways and you wouldn't want your partner dictating who you hanging out with here's the main thing <clears throat> this is just just in general if let's be clear 
If a man or woman can tell you who you should or should not be hanging around and you listen to them, they don't have respect for you. Let's be clear. If you a dude and your wife says, I don't want you hanging around him, him, him and him. No more. I don't want him here. They're done. And you listen to that bullshit that she doesn't respect you as a man because you didn't even put your foot down. Sometimes you got to put your foot down when people say, hey, look, I love you. But right now you need to be quiet. <laughs> How, like, what is a way to approach that? So it's like, say, say I got a friend or say my uh, my wife has a friend that, you know, I think is just bad for her. Like she she messy. She sleeping with all kind of dudes. And you know what I mean? She you could you could see a certain character flaw in it. That is maybe she. She's a type of uh, friend that uh, calls, calls her primarily when, like, say this is their relationship, for instance, right? Say uh, that your wife is uh, has a, a, her best friend or her, her you know, one of her top three friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have a relationship to where the friend is uh, like a, an emotional leech. You know what mm. I mean? She's a person that calls her like... Yo, my day was terrible at work. This person did this, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, so how are you doing? I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, at work, this, you know, how how can you approach your wife and tell her, hey, this is, like, I get that y'all go way back. Y'all, y'all known each other since high school or whatever, but this is a person you need to. Mm, the best way to re- is, is obviously if your wife or girlfriend is um, invested in this friend, you obviously aren't trying to break the friendship up. Mm-hmm. So I think the best way to is to approach it is say, hey, look, this is what I've analyzed from this girl. This girl is an emotional leech. She only calls you when she needs this, this, that and that. And I'll run it down. Just go through the whole thing and run it down and say, hey, look, I'm telling you this. Don't let her bullshit bleed into you, though. Yeah, because if it bleeds into you, I'm going to tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, this person is anti everything you're trying where you're trying to go. Yeah. This person needs a fucking therapist and they're being too cheap to pay for one and they're putting all their shit on you. Yeah. So (laughs) that's not cool. So I think as a man in that situation, all you can do is to say, hey, look, you're going to support your friend. I'm not going to get in between that. But let's be very clear. I'm letting you know that this girl only calls you when they need this and they only call you when they need that. That's all the fuck they want from you. Right. But if the shoes on the other matter of fact. Most people that are emotional leeches barely listen to your your problems. If you had a problem, they really ain't ready even to listen because all they want to do is tell you about their shit. Yeah. That's not no real friend. Yeah. Go get a fucking companion. Go, go, go get a dog. Yeah. Go get some. Go get a teddy bear or something. Don't bother me with your fucking complaints all day. <clears throat> Dogs be cool until you realize that they don't speak English. Right, the dog just like, will you shut the fuck up? And <laughs> give me my goddamn snack for Christ's sake. I'm trying sake. to eat my food right I'm now. I'm trying to eat. I'm, I'm sniffing my own balls for Christ's <laughs> sake. Give me some goddamn kibbles and bits and shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> that, bro. I could just imagine a dog like sitting in a room and you're, the girl, because when you a real dog lover, you talking to your dog like a human being. Yeah. So I can imagine a dog just getting because my girl's dog is like very uh, relaxed for the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like her, her if somebody was just chopping it up with her for too much, she'll just get up and walk out of the room. So I can only imagine a dog from a person like that. I, I wonder how judgmental a dog is when you're going through a whole phase 
and the dog <clears> see <throat> all the niggas you bringing in the house. Yeah. And and then what if the dog understands English and then you just like, I just wish I could find a good man. And the dog just turn around and like, all these niggas you bringing in this house. <laughs> <laughs> you bringing yeah, all dude. these dudes in here. Yeah. That's crazy. Only a dog would know how many different dudes is coming in the house. The dog knows all. The walls and the dog. The dog is like, God damn, this is worse than when I was uh when I before I got adopted. <laughs> this is worse than dog stray dogs getting fucked in the street. <laughs> God dang. Yeah. Oh man. That's wild. Now the dog gonna be thinking like, hey, ain't you supposed to get euthanized for doing that? <laughs> <laughs> God dang. Oh man, then the dog busts in the room and some dude hitting it from the back. Hey, you still in my moves. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy oh man <laughs> yeah man you gotta chill with the one-sided friendships man um yeah. you're gonna have to start what else? i said something in here i guess it was pointing i guess uh no i don't see it in here um look man eventually you gotta put your foot down and you you continue to love these people and be respectful to them but man Look here, we're too old to be doing that. We're too old to be. I don't give a fuck if it's your aunt or your uncle. If you got to always call these people, stop it. That's the that's the big one. Um, I think that sometimes we we you don't choose who you're related to, right? Yeah. Um. So I think that we should start treating our family a little bit more, um, like we would do, like you said in this instance, you know, as far as his friendships. Because it, it, there, there's family members that can do these same exact things and just will, you know, we'll say, well, we're family, we're related, you know, we got the same mom or we got the same uh, grandma, whatever the case may be. So we kind of put them in a in a in a box to where we're OK with them doing certain things. But I think right. we got to start keeping the same energy across the board because, you know, that those those cousins or aunts or uncles or brothers and sisters they have those same that same ability to act like that that distant friend or i was you know i don't want to put too many people's business out there but my mom was telling me about a family member that was doing the same thing and i was Mm. you know i was you know just listening to her situation i was like man it it just sucks that it doesn't matter if you're related or not Mm -hmm. these people are people Mm -hmm. and they're gonna do the same um the same thing regardless and a lot of people don't have the self-awareness to know when they're doing something that's detrimental to uh to another person yeah it's because we get caught (laughs) up man we have our hierarchy of friends yeah we have our group of friends that we have barbecues with and we double date and we, we go over the, their house, they come over our house and, you know, but we still have other friends that are good people, but you push them to the side and treat them like outsiders. Yeah. I don't think that they're smart to do that. Some people will be like, well, I got a small circle. I don't really deal with too many people. That's fine. But there's still people that are valuable human beings that you care about. Yeah. Check on them. Yeah. Check on them, man. Who knows what they're going through? There was a there was a dude that I went to high school with. And I'll leave him nameless. Really cool guy. Always really cool dude. Um, and found out he had a big time mental mental health episode. Oh and, yeah, you told me that story. Yeah, he had a big time mental health episode, and his sister told me like, "Hey, he just is in his room. He doesn't come out. He doesn't really talk to people." And I was like, "Man, I was like, uh, if you get a chance, you know, if you could tell him, 
you know, here's my number. I want to reach out to him and whatnot. Cause I hadn't seen him in a while. He had moved out of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, hey, just tell him I was thinking about him and I love him, you know. And then I w- I checked in again. I was like, hey, uh, any updates? I'm just because like I he was my guy in high school, mm-hmm. like, and we grown men. I know that was high school, but if I ever considered you a friend, I will do my due diligence to let you know, hey, you're still valuable to me. Yeah, you know, if I have any type of any type of relationship, even if it's long distance, I still want you to know that I cared. Right. Or not cared. Care. Present tense, not past tense. And a lot of people like you do a fucked up job. And I just want to tell you. Make sure you do better because we're all going to die someday. Don't be that moron at the funeral. I just wish that I would have we would have talked more. Well, you you leave out the fact that that person called you multiple times and you never returned their call. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. You be you be acting like you're going to say something sometimes and you don't say nothing. I'd be thinking and I'd be like, man, I don't want to. Because sometimes you can have a um, you can recycle a point. Right. So I'd be like, yeah, man, you don't want to regurgitate the same. point." Exactly. So I know sometimes like I I probably would have just went back to the the first original statements we had. Yeah. The first time I learned to masturbate. What the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I'd be like, well, let's keep it going, man. Switch gears. First time I learned about lotion. (laughs) <laughs> first time i learned about jergens man you don't you want you you got to use the off brand man the jergens is, is like for real skin conditions oh okay you got to get the stuff from winco <laughs> <laughs> you got great value lotion you, you, you got to get the flavor aid of lotion <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn flavor aid fuck flavor aid hit dip. hey i forgot about that i remember in, the, niggas niggas will nigga right so in junior high, <laughs> there was a dude that was selling, um, like a Kool Aid mixture. It was it was almost you know how uh, the Luke they would sell the Lucas. Yes. So he had it was almost something like that. It was just kind of like a uh, like a, a sugary salty drink that I mean mixture. But basically, what he did was michelada. No, I'm not. <laughs> it was nigalada. <laughs> nigalada. <laughs> Basically, what he did was he put the uh, the Kool Aid in there and some sugar, and I think he mixed some others, like maybe some Lucas or something in there. But he really thought he was like going to sell this at school. What? He was like, "Yeah, bro, like you know what I'm saying. I'm selling these for a dollar, so I'm gonna come with some more tomorrow. So if if if, if anybody want to buy one, just hit me up." Wow. But he was the the sad part is he was putting them in like grocery store bags. What? Like food max bags. Uh, so he just mixed mix it up in there in the food max bag and he was trying it, to sell them. You squish it out? No, it's just the salt, you know, or it's just like the, oh. the the seasonings or whatever. You know the nasty thing about putting anything in grocery bags is some of them bags had meat in them. Yeah. <laughs> so you give me a fucking salmonella yeah. salmonella salt. You got E. coli all over that. Yeah, bag. if you don't get this fucking E. coli snack the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he thought man. it was a genius idea. Yeah, man, you got you giving me a bacteria, a salty bacteria snack, man. Yeah, the fuck, I like this kid doesn't realize it, but he's bringing a science project to school. <laughs> yeah, this nigga got algae growing off this <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, D- uh, David Goggins' book. It was it's called Can't Hurt Me. I'm bringing this up because this book changed my perspective on life. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I, it's not a whole lot I can say about the. It's, it's a, I can say actually a lot, but I really would 
uh, reference you guys to read the book. Mm-hmm. But in this book, he this guy is an ex ex um, military guy. He went through multiple boot camps, all kinds of shit. And he basically his it, the prequel to all of this is he was a really a almost like a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, he was overweight. Uh, he was working a job he hated and whatnot. And um, so he started to become infatuated with the idea of being, you know, not only enlisted in the military, but being like ranked and whatnot. And eventually he just started to go against his own brain and he just suffered and put himself through so much pain that he reaped the reward later on, but he wrote a whole book about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm bringing this up because the whole idea is there is a reward in suffering. I think that we never want to suffer. We always seek comfort. And what we don't realize is that there is a reward in suffering. For example, I see a bunch of people every week. They're at a different club having drinks with friends. Mm -hmm. And they're they're always partying or they're always on vacation or whatever. And it's like, look, do you do you right? I, I can't tell anyone to do anything. Right. But here's the problem. Why are you rewarding yourself over and over and over when you're not what you want to be? Like if you are a person that you're not comfortable with your body and you obese, why are you why are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. What are you celebrating? You celebrating failure? If you're a person that's broke and you at the club, you could barely afford drinks, but you out at the club again. What are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? If you hate yourself, if you if you have uh, poor mental health or you're depressed and you don't like your state of mind, why are you rewarding yourself? See, what people don't realize is there's a certain amount of suffering and a certain amount of sacrifice that helps you earn that reward. Now, for example, if you're obese and you clean your diet up big time and you're going to the gym every week and you're hitting it hard and then you look down at your stomach and it's flat and you got you starting to have abs pop off. I say you turn up, you go to the bar, you have fr- you have fun with family and friends because you fucking earned it. But if your ass is 400 pounds, what the fuck are you celebrating? Really? What are you celebrating, man? Like you, you, you're just putting yourself in situations where you've done nothing but be comfortable, yet you feel like you deserve, deserve some type of a reward for it. It's really mm-hmm. strange. Mm-hmm. And we do this a lot as a, as a society. And I, I heard an interview with David Goggins talking about this. So I have to make sure I give him credit for initially starting the conversation. Um, but it's it's really fucked up, man. I thought about it. I'm guilty of this. I've done this many times before myself. But when you think about it, it's just like, fuck, what was I doing? Yeah. We we do this even financially. Yeah. There's a lot of people that um just because they got paid, they think they deserve to to, to buy the new shoes or right. go buy some new clothes or, you know, whatever. But it, it's it's I think if we Imagine how much more successful we would be as as people and as people trying to, you know, attain certain goals um, if we only rewarded ourselves based off of a goal that we put together. Right. So you talked about right. how, you know, only on, you know, one day on a, on a Saturday or on a Sunday, you'll have your cheat meal. But yes. through the rest of the week, you'll eat at a caloric deficit. So if we if we all, you know, even if. uh even for 
you know, people that want to take a vacation or a trip in the summertime. Like imagine if you're, um, you know, you work nine months out of the year or whatever. And during those nine months, it's like, okay, I'm a, uh, cut back on going out to eat or I'm going to cut back on, you know, hanging out with my friends. And then in the summertime, you know, I'm going to take a big trip with my family or something like that. You, you not only will, um, you have earned it, but just knowing that you actually put together a system, you plan right. something out, you achieved a certain goal. Um, you would just feel so much better about, yes. you know, just let, and you'll be able to let your shoulders down um, knowing that you actually put forth a system and you actually achieved, achieved that goal. So I think, I think the thing that, that we do is, um, I think just overall, we're just so comfortable and there's a lot of comfort in not working out. There's a lot of comfort in eating a lot of, you know, eating, eating a lot of bad, bad food. Right. There's a lot of comfort in just doing nothing. Yeah. And I think that if you, want to really uh, achieve certain things. And I think what, what David, Goggin, David Goggins does is a lot of his stuff is just metaphorical. Right. I don't think that, you know, you were just telling me about the um, the pull-up thing that he just did. Yeah. Well, I think, no, he did that a long time ago. Oh, he did that a long yeah. time ago. But I, I don't think that, I don't think that uh, uh, most of what he does is actually literal. I think that he does the 100-mile races. I think that he does the pull-ups excuse me, I think that he does all these extreme challenges primarily. God dang, that them tacos is coming up. Now. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I felt that earlier. <laughs> but I think that he does all this stuff as more of a mindset thing. Yeah, like, like hardening yeah. the mind is what he calls it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yo, if I can do however many pull-ups, if I could run 100 miles after doing a, a leg workout, I can literally do anything I put my mind to. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the beauty in in these kind of things. That's why, like, you know, we, we hear, um, you know, different people making excuses and even, you know, during like football practices and stuff like yeah. that. Like, and that's why like coaches, coaches just wouldn't care. There'd be, you know, certain kids complaining about, you know, some, this hurts, this hurts, whatever. And they like, yo, you got to suck it up. Cause yeah. and not necessarily, I'm sure they, I'm sure they knew it, but we, we understand it now. Like football is life and workouts right. are life. And, um, a lot of those lessons we learned as far as like, you know, fighting, fighting through it when you're tired and all these kind of things, like right. that's stuff that you have to apply to your life because what happens if if you're a person that quits when when things get a little bit difficult you're a person that's gonna when um when those same situations come at you in life whether you get fired you're gonna fold you go yeah exactly so that's why we um you know that's why i think this this conversation um is so important that we have to we have to change our mindsets i think um LeBron James coined it as a growth mindset. Yeah. He talked about how they were having this conversation on the shop where he was talking about, uh, I think I forget who was saying it, but somebody was bigging him up like, yo, I, you know, I appreciate you LeBron because you're a person that's still able to, you know, grow as a person, as an athlete, the whole nine, even in your old age. And he was just saying like, that comes from having a growth mindset, not being stuck in the early 2000 or the mm -hmm. mid 2000, or 2010s or whatever, when I came into the league. So, yeah. Yeah. I think like, for example, he mentioned, uh, you know, the, the whole diet thing with me. Um, I was eating at a caloric deficit all week. And basically a caloric deficit is, you know, when you're watching your calories, but you're trying to lose weight 
you're in a caloric deficit. If you're trying to gain, you're in a surplus. So yeah. to make a long story short, I've been purposely doing that to reduce some body fat and drop some weight. But I have one cheat day a, a week. Either it's like half a cheat day or or a big, huge cheat meal. And I do this as a reward because I know that I didn't lie to me. I stayed true to what I was supposed to do and I stuck to the plan the whole time. So when I ate that big ass huge burger and a big old thing of fries, I didn't feel guilty at all. Mm-hmm. I earned that reward. But I thought about it too. I was like, yo, it's motherfuckers that eat like this every day. They're rewarding themselves they, every day. You rewarding yourself for what? Being fat? What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Here's another thing too. Some people are like, oh my God, here comes the fat shame. Look, sometimes a little bit of shame is good. Yeah. Right? You're young. You're only young one time in your life. Right? The way I look at it is way different. Because I got a I got a teammate that died at 35 of a heart of a heart attack. So I don't have a lot of wiggle room for people that just want to just if you want to throw your life away, go ahead. But you're only young once. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to be young and overweight? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Why would you want to be at your lowest performance at your at a young age? You never get these years back. Mm-hmm. Once you get old, it's fucking over. All the little shit that you do and you think you're cool and you're drinking every week. And you are drinking your youth away, man. Mm-hmm. You're throwing your fucking life away and you think it's okay. It's not. Because you're going to turn around and now you're 45. Now you old. Nobody cares about you. When you go to the club, there's some people pointing and laughing at you now. Time flies, bro. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're a day one podcast listener, you know how fast that time is going. Yep. You know? Because we three years and some change into this. And so it's, it's some people that listen now that have been listening since the, since the jump. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. I, I think, like, you're just going <laughs> to fold and give up. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the when when we start to suffer a little bit, man, we like, oh, fuck this shit. Yeah. Like today, even today, man, I've been purposely upping it by one minute on the stair climber. Mm-hmm. Stair climber is one of the is the one of the toughest cardio machines in the gym. Stair climber and the Jacobs ladder are probably the two worst cardio machines. Mm-hmm. And I've been going up one extra minute per week. I'm up to 67 minutes. And I do this. I do this long cardio drag, like either on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I do it just because, like, it's making it. It's getting harder and harder, but it's doing it little by little by little. And like twenty minutes in, I'm like, ah, I'm a leg starting to hurt. Okay, let's stop. Let's not pay attention to what my mind's trying to tell me to do. Forty five minutes come in. Oh shit, we selling now. Oh, I'm getting a little more fatigued, but let's keep going. And then sixty minutes pop up. I'm like, let me finish these seven minutes strong. Mm-hmm. That's how it is, man. When you're in it, you want to quit, you want to give up, and then by the end, you glad you didn't quit. Yeah, I like I look at myself and and me dropping out of college. It was just a cop out, man. It was a lie. It was just a lie. I had not to cut you off. Um, that I was talking to my aunt about this because uh, she's a she's a teacher, and I was like, there is this. So there's two schools of thought, right? There's a lot of people that think like, oh, the reason why kids aren't interested. I don't know why I like did that little beatbox thing right there. It's the tacos, man. <laughs> the reason why kids aren't interested in school is because they're not learning or they're not teaching subjects that the kids care about. So we need to transform school and make it a thing to where, you know, if a kid is an artist, they need to be able to 
you know, learn about art or, you know, when we graduate, we need to learn about taxes and economics and saving money and all this stuff. So why aren't there classes about that? So that's that's one thing. But then there's also this school of thought. And this is, you know, I think it I think I lean more on this one is that kids need to uh, understand that there's um, part of graduation and part of all this stuff is just work ethic. You know what I mean? Time management, work ethic, you know, uh, you know, actually putting in the the research in order to do something that is a little bit more difficult than, you know, you might be able to 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 do at the beginning of a lesson. And um, I just say that to say, like, part of part of that, uh, that suffering or like you were saying, like I dropped out of school because it, it was a cop out. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people do that, but they tend to lean on this idea that, oh, that school wasn't for me because mm. there wasn't. But it's like, ain't nothing. Working McDonald's ain't for you. You goddamn right. It's not. Yeah, yeah so. it's not. When mm-hmm. I dropped out of college, it was more or less I was saying, look, I had to get a job. You know, I, you know, I didn't have parents or money, this and that, the mm-hmm. third. And the excuse sounded best to me because I made it up. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, there's something I could have did to still get my degree, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have no desire to go back to school. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it still was a fucking excuse. Mm-hmm. You have to realize when you're making excuses, man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and since I don't want to keep going over the same points, there was something that I had uh, written down as a note. Um, and it goes and it goes uh, with the whole I think I mentioned the fat shaming thing. And basically, here's the truth of the matter. Excuses sound best to the person that's making them up. So we could say, wow, you know, you're fat shaming me, this, that, and the third. But here's the truth that's also true. I don't think it's okay for people to insult you for being overweight. But I also think it's true that you don't like the way you look. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. So since you don't, you don't like the way you look, you take it as an insult. Do something about it, man. Mm-hmm. Do something about it. The world is not going to fucking pacify you, man. If you need the world to pacify you, well, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Yeah. When you look at these certain people who make it and they achieve these great milestones and they make it there, it seems like it's unattainable. But a lot of but like you look at a guy like Kevin Hart, he just has this unwavering belief in himself and this super hard work ethic. And he just never stops going. He, he works like he's going to be broke tomorrow. Mm hmm. And I think The Rock is another one that has that same type of work ethic. But when you're a person that lives in comfort, you'll never you'll never achieve those things. Yeah. Never. And it's crazy how many times me and Keith could have missed doing a podcast, but we can't. Yeah. If we have if 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 the objective is to ultimately make this one of the top podcasts, how can we ever make it there by making excuses? Mm hmm. You're never going to fucking make it there. Not to mention, maybe there's somebody on Monday morning that relies on this content. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this makes someone's day better. Yeah. I feel there's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with being a content creator that getting it out on time and actually entertaining the listener is important because maybe they hate their fucking boss and this is a distraction from them while they're at work. Yeah. Maybe their life is fucked up and things are going wrong and they need this content just to get them through. Maybe what we say resonates with them, you know, and I think about that. That's also a motivational tool. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel like there's so much more that I'm still not doing as a man to get my life where it needs to go. So when I when I mention things like this with, you know, the, you know, uh, comfort and gravitating towards comfort, I'm also talking about myself. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excused from this conversation. Mm -hmm. This shit doesn't happen overnight, but you need to be aware, man. Be aware when you're being full of shit and when you're being your lower self. And until you are willing to actually until you until you start doing it, you're not going to understand what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, I, th I think that that's the, the beauty in it, though. It's not we're not like yelling or preaching at anybody. It's a it's a thing that you you realize that in some aspects you are totally doing this right. 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 You're, you're totally living up to this consistency or this, you know, the suffering or whatever the case may be. Um even, you know, even for us, when we, when we mentioned the podcast, it'd be a time where um, we'll start, you know, before Eddie go to work, you know, we'll we'll pull up and do like an hour and a half podcast and knock it out. And then he'll have to go do 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 his work or even the the like you talked about not not missing it or like suffering for me may like my cousins had went to Six Flags today and I'll, it was probably like. 20 or so of them, they, you know, they all bought their tickets this week and, you know, they, they're going out there and they're having a good time. Um, but I had to miss it because, you know, I realized that that sacrifice or that, that suffering that is associated with, um, doing this podcast or being consistent as, as far as like, you know, trying to see where we're, we're trying to go. So, um, but then there's also other areas where I know that I need to to pick it up and I am slacking and I'm not making any excuses about it. I'm no I know yeah. that I just haven't put forth the system or the structure in my life to 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 do those things. And it's it's still a work in progress. So look here, we just as human beings, we have to stop making excuses. We just have to stop and say, hey, I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I, I could have got to it. I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. You know. And I get you can get mad at yourself sometimes, too. Like, man, if I would have been putting in more effort, I tell Keith stuff like this all the time. Maybe if I had applied more pressure to this, we would have already been doing this by now. Mm -hmm. or maybe we would have been doing this. But I've like the culture that I'm creating within myself is slowly chipping away at every excuse that I have and realizing that you got one life. This is what it comes down to. You got one life, man. You're going to die. You could keep making excuses and be a mediocre motherfucker, or you can eventually say, hey, look, I suck at this. I don't put any effort into this, and this is why it's not happening for me, and if I change that, chances of it happening will increase. Yeah. Maybe I should stop being full of fucking shit. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So... You could take it or leave it. I, I feel like there's a lot of people that need to hear this. Some of you guys, you you tell yourself that everything's fine when you know deep down inside that you are completely full of shit. And you need to change whatever you're doing. Yeah. You would be better off doing stuff. You'd be better off in your life right now had you not continued to make excuses for whatever it was you were supposed to do six months ago, seven months ago, a year ago, whatever it is. You'd be better off if you didn't make those excuses. I, I think that one of the things, too, is the reason why I am I'm still on this constant journey to 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 do more and to have uh, more structure to my life. But I think one of the things that um, keeps me going, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, is that um, there's there's people that genuinely believe in you. There's somebody yes. out there that's like. Yo, you you were when we were kids or when you were in high school, 
you were dope at art or you were dope at taking pictures or you were dope at, you know, sewing or whatever the case may be. And that's that 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 validation that somebody is giving you. But if you're a person that is not um, capitalizing or, you know, not actively doing those things and there's somebody that is um, giving you unsolicited um, props on something, then their uh their statement goes in vain if you're not putting in the yeah. effort to you know to capitalize on that so yeah man mm-hmm. um we're about to switch from this but i'll just say this in closing um look here man sometimes in life you got to suffer a little bit you got to suffer a little bit um it's going to be very uncomfortable but at the end of that suffering is a reward mm-hmm. you don't deserve a reward when you're not doing the work Mm-hmm. Stop Stop acting Like you deserve a reward When you've done nothing to get anything You should start punishing yourself Until you are Actually deserving Of what it is you're working for mm-hmm. Right But Let's move on from that man Switching gears uh, Oh man yeah this is the fucked up story here um, anti-LGBT um, this happened recently uh, over at Centennial High School is an anti-LGBT rally but you know what I don't even want to call it that it, there was some anti-LGBT shit going on um, but it was some kids with Trump with Trump stuff on I don't know let's go ahead and read this whole article here alright current high school district Corrective action taken following viral allegations of LGBTQ plus harassment at Centennial High School. Um, students were reportedly disciplined after an incident that sparked an online petition, a viral TikTok video, and multiple Snapchat posts alleging students were harassed at the start of Pride Month at Centennial School. Uh, the TikTok, which had over 144,000 views, was posted Friday in reference to Snapchats of video students clad in Trump flags and accused them of of harassing non-straight students. The woman says her son, who recently came out as transgender, told her about the incidents while saying teachers did nothing. A separate post of local activist group 661 Voices Heard says students screenshotted another snap showing a pride flag in a urinal, according to posts. At least one student urinated on it. This is disgusting. In a response to uh, KGET 17, the current high school district wrote the current high school district and Centennial High School recognizes the students have varying viewpoints and opinions. One of the goals is is of the educational process is to teach students how to communicate respectfully with each other. Last week, students were informed of the expectations for peaceful expression on campus. School administration investigated reports of misconduct associated with the on-campus student exchanges in order to determine appropriate corrective action. Okay, here's the problem I have with this. The problem I have is this, man. Um, It's so weird to me, man, that at this time, you don't have to believe in what someone else believes in, man. But the fact that you don't have respect for it is just disgusting. Peeing on people's pride flags. they If they take pride in being gay, let them be gay, man. Stop bothering them. If you are a heterosexual male or female or whatever, why do you why do people go out of their way to let people know we don't like gay people? Mm-hmm. That shit is too much. By the way, why do we act like that's the only sin that ever exists? Mm-hmm. 
You know how many motherfuckers don't take care of their kids? You know how many people sinning in other ways, premarital sex, uh, gluttony? Look at how many fat people walking around all day and they judging gay people. Gluttony is a sin too. You double cheeseburger eating motherfucker. <laughs> okay? So let's be very clear here. We got we to gotta keep the same energy. I And the thing about it is you don't even have to support what people believe in to respect it. You know, I have people in my family that are gay. So I'm not doing any anti-gay nothing because if I claim to say that I love someone in my family, what sense does it make to be doing shit? This is crazy. Mm -hmm. Urinating on a pride flag. Think about how much energy it takes. Not to mention these are kids. Mm -hmm. And they've wrapped, they've, they've put this under this political thing. The problem I have with it more than anything is the kids that it's pride month, they have the right to bring their pride flags to school. And so do the Trump kids. They have their right to bring their Trump flags to school. But here's the fucking problem with the Trump kids. Why do people respond to something with what they believe? That's a problem. Mm -hmm. If I seen a bunch of Blue Lives Matter people having a rally talking, right? They're all having a good time. Everything's peaceful. And then a bunch of Black Lives Matter people showed up. I'll be like, yo, the Black Lives Matter people out of line. And the reason why I would say that is, is why do you need to respond with what you believe in as a counter to what other people believe in? Mm -hmm. Just let people believe in what the fuck they want to believe in and move the fuck on. Yeah. That's why I have a problem with the Blue Lives Matter shit. Black Lives Matter was first. Boom. Blue Lives Matter pop up. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how we live in a country where motherfuckers can't just mind their business. Yeah. And then what's fucked up, too? With the Trump kids is their kids. When I was in high school, we wasn't in the politics like this. But it's because there's so much fucking access and brainwashing and dumbass parents that pump this shit into their kids. Now you got kids having political opinions before they could even fucking vote. When I was in school, we was like, yo, that rally finna be dope or hey, I got to go to the student store. Like a lot of all, we had more childlike themes that we were involved in. Of course, I knew about politics and shit like that, but it didn't drive me. I was, a, I was a student athlete. I was a kid. But nowadays you got motherfuckers coming to school draped in Trump flags. Mm -hmm. Talking about it, they're, they're liberal and I'm, I'm Democrat and I'm concerned. Like you are a fucking kid. This type of shit shouldn't even be consuming you the way that it should be. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I think for me, like the the only issue I have is the the physical or verbal attacks, right? Right. I think for me, if you want to show up with a pride flag, it's okay. If you want to show up with this uh, make America great again hat, whatever, do your thing. But the only thing that I dislike about the whole thing is like the peeing on the flags and That's I don't know disgusting. If, I, I don't know if there was uh like I don't know what other harassment um was going on during this event but it's just like I think the the thing about it is I, th yeah, I think you're right I think that politics has uh infiltrated and I don't even think it was, um, I can't, I, I didn't go to high school too, so I can't really say. I know for me, when I was in high school, there were, um, there were 
kids, mostly like junior and seniors that started to formulate political opinions. They started to have opinions about because Kevin McCarthy would come speak at our school and we were taking government classes. So you can start to see people starting to pick sides as far as, you know, where they would land in the future as far as Democrats and Mm -hmm. Republicans. And obviously some of the more some of the the uh, upper class, middle class kids, they were a little bit more informed on politics because their parents really had real influence in the community and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, they were probably boosters in the school so there were certain aspects that they were voting on that you know that really made a difference and just by way of being kids of these people in the communities um you know they were you know they were uh leaning a certain way like I remember I had a a, a, a one of the um my football teammates named Peter his dad was like a lawyer um I don't remember what his mom did, but he was in his family. They would, you know, adopt kids and, you know, take care of certain things. So they was they had real democratic, you know, liberal tendencies. And, you know, that's kind of how he carried himself throughout the duration of, of school. So I think it's been like this gradual thing. And I think now more so than ever, um, people like to. It's it's a uh, very tribal. It's it's like very you know team like. It's very like fraternity like. Exactly. And I think that's that's how people are approaching it now. But I just think that there there is no, really no room for this type of hate. And I, I think that you can believe what you want to believe. If you're um, if you're a racist person from the south of America. Um, do your thing. You know, I can try to get you to understand that we're um, that there's nothing inherently wrong with being black and there's nothing inherently wrong with being Mexican or Asian or whatever. Um, but if you feel the desire to still have hate in your heart towards any sort of race, then do your thing. But when it comes to like pulling guns on black kids is walking around your neighborhood and, you know, peeing on flags and, you know, just on the internet, you know, spewing this uh, disrespect towards LGBT communities and stuff like that. That's when the divide comes. And I think it's very sad that these uh, parents aren't aware of how they're influencing their kids, or maybe they are aware because kids are so, um, I remember, so we were my. I was helping my aunt move on uh, on Saturday, and uh, it was my uncle, my cousin, and then my my cousin's son. So he's you know my second cousin, and uh, so we're sitting in the car, and they ran into the U-Haul, and uh, my cousin and his son had hopped out of the car, and then they went to go get in the U-Haul. So my my cousin's son, his name is Jaden. He 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 walked back to the car, and he was like, "Hey, can you hand me that cup?" Cause they had drank some, cause it was an early move. So and we had to go all the way to Ridgecrest. So he was like, Hey, can you hand me that cup of coffee right there? I want to, you know, take it out of the car. So I handed it to him and he was like, yeah, I just wanted to take it out of the car. Cause it'll make the car smell bad. And then me and my uncle were like, like what, like, why would he, like, why did he say that? And we were like, well, he must have gotten that information from somebody. That's not like a thought that he would come up with on his own, because first of all, he doesn't really drink coffee. And secondly, you know, we we know how impressionable kids are. It's regurgitated bullshit. Exactly. So that's the thing that I'm saying with these kids. These kids are if you walking around with a Trump plaque, you don't have an original thought. No, 17, you 15, 16 years old. You don't have an original thought in your head yet. So that's the um, 
you know, the danger in these parents from, you know, Centennial, that area in Centennial, which is primarily, uh, you know, uh, upper class or middle class area where, you know, they were probably predominantly Republicans over there. That's the danger in having these, you know, these uh, these new stations on in a house and you walking around talking all this nonsense about Black Lives Matter and all these in the LGBT community and all this stuff. What's happening is all this stuff is being passed down, and then this is a result of it. Your kids are going to school and peeing on flags. Yeah, what it is is a lot of people use these groups or beliefs to push bullshit. Mm-hmm. Pride Month got nothing to do with Trump supporters at all. Yeah, but the fact that you show up with a Trump with a Trump flag on is only because you want to spew some type of hatred. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. What it, the problem with any of these groups, whether it's Black Lives Matter or uh, Trump supporters, I feel like Trump supporters and Republicans are two different people. By the way. But whatever it is, whether it's Blue Lives Matter or whatever, what people tend to do is they use these groups and hide behind them and push their fucking ideology on people. So you think if you think about, for example, um, doesn't support abortion, that's more conservative ideology. Mm -hmm. Woman's right to choose more or less liberal ideology. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you think of anti-gay stuff, right. Or people that don't agree with homosexuality, that's more right wing. Mm-hmm. So they're basically saying we don't like gays, but you got a Trump flag on. That has nothing to do with gay people. Yeah. What the fuck does a Trump flag have to do with gay people? Nothing. But, but it does, but it doesn't because politics are almost all encompassing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're you're almost your ethnicity is politics. Because if you're a black person and you're a Republican, it's an issue in the black community. If we see a black person that's, you know, voting for Donald Trump, we calling him Uncle Tom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not. There are a lot of things that are not political that we make political. Who somebody is in a relationship with is not political. Right. But also that was just, you know, however many years ago, 2009 or whatever. I don't remember the exact year. But if we're voting on gay marriage, it's it turns political. Mm, wow. So, yeah, I mean, and it's a, a bunch of other stuff that we can, you know, point out as far as like land and territories for, you know, for, for native Americans, it's like stuff that shouldn't be political stuff that should just be moral, morally good or morally correct. Right. But it turns political like yeah. the whole, you know, North Dakota and drilling. The pipeline. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yep. Yeah, there's a lot. So of, almost everything is politics. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. It should come down to decency. Yeah, and you shouldn't be pushing your fucking belief everywhere you see it fit. Mm-hmm. If look, here's the thing: it could be a blue lives matter rally driving straight through here. I wouldn't say nothing to nobody. I wouldn't worry about. I wouldn't trip on them. I wouldn't be like, oh, you guys are blue lives matter only because Black Lives Matter was first. And I'm not saying nothing. I'm going to let them do what they do and move on with my day. And mind my business. And mind my business. Mm-hmm. But the fact that some motherfuckers just use what they believe in as an excuse to be nasty. That's all it is. Yeah. Just like, for example, the Blue Lives Matter people. Some of the motherfuckers are straight racist. Some of them actually have family that are in the line of duty or somebody that's actively that's actively an officer and they support the police because they have family in, in as, as law enforcement. And then. There's some that lost someone that died that was an officer, so they genuinely support the police. That's fine. But it's a lot of them motherfuckers that say shit like, yeah, who's, who else is going to take care of these inner city thugs? 
we need the police to stop these inner city thugs. You know what you're basically saying, right? Yeah. You're basically saying we need someone to stop these niggers. But instead of saying that, you're using Blue Lives Matter. That's all the fuck you're doing. It's no different. Like, I, there's the most ignorant people are the loudest in each group, too. Because it'll be, they did an interview with this black dude. It was a Black Lives Matter rally. And some dude was like, you know, yeah, Black Lives Matter. And they did it. The, the, the white dude that was interviewing him said, so do white lives matter? And he said, no, they don't. And he said, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. You said the white lives don't matter. He said, no, they don't. And there was a dude in the back. I don't think he said it, but I don't think he said, fuck them crackers. But I think somebody was saying something that was like anti-white. Yeah. So what I'm basically saying is, is that if within these groups, it could be an ignorant motherfucker and they're the loudest ones. Yeah. How, how do you feel? So I seen this video on uh, on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just talked about how the, and this is not exactly the same. And I'm, I'm not trying to make a point here. I'm only asking a question. There was um, the, the guy, he peed on the, the, the pride flag or the rainbow flag or whatever. R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you a fool. <laughs> you said, what'd you say about the, uh, about the, the loan? What R. Kelly? Oh, <laughs> I said R. Kelly was the first nigga to ever get a PPP loan. That's comedy. I get to pee three times. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> Got a PPP loan. <laughs> when I get you in the room, <laughs> that's crazy. But no, so you know you had the um the guy that the student that peed on the flag, but also I seen this video. Someone had the Blue Lives Matter flag on their, uh, you know, the little sticker you put on your car mm-hmm. on the window. And somebody came up and then they colored in the the, the rainbow. The flag. Yeah, with the rainbow. That's too much. That 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 I, that's what I'm you know hinting at is like we can't say that it's wrong for and this is not a direct correlation. And, you know, one is a little bit more heinous than the mm-hmm. one another. But more than anything, we just got to you know, just separate. Um, Cause if some, if, if somebody from the blue lives matter got a rainbow, uh, there was a rainbow flag on the back of somebody's he car and they used a white out, it'd be a problem. Yeah. But it's, it's not just that man. Bottom line, just leave people to fuck alone. If you're a person that's gay and you see a blue lives matter flag and you color the rainbow, you need to shut, you need to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. You're doing too fucking much, man. Yeah. Now you you're doing exactly what they did to you. You are using your belief and ideology and pushing it on people. And you and there's no correlation. Blue Lives Matter and the pride flag don't got shit to do with each other. Yeah. But that's about police. That's about police. Yeah. You know, it's probably some gay police. Remember back in the day with the village people and whatnot. (laughs) Yeah. YMCA. That's funny. On the stay at the Y. All right. But. If you're painting in a Blue Lives Matter flag with rainbow colors, then you're fucking with people that ain't even fucking with you. Yeah. And you're using what you believe in that has nothing to do with them and they minding a bit. That's why I just said I gave I gave an example. If it's a bunch of Blue Lives Matter people and they at a rally minding their business and a group of Black Lives Matter people come and do a counter protest and they're yelling, Black Lives Matter people out of line. Mm-hmm. They out of line. The same way these motherfucking kids with the Trump support, the the, the flags is out of line for basically doing anti-LGBT stuff with Trump shit on. Trump ain't got shit to do with Pride Month or mm-hmm. anti-Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are you at the school 
using your beliefs as a response to someone else's. Yeah. That's where the problem comes in, Keith. Mm-hmm. When people use what they believe in as a response and the things don't even correlate at all. Yeah. That's how you know you're just ignorant. Mm-hmm. You're just ignorant and you're hiding behind this political party belief or thing to be nasty to other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100 percent true. I think I think if we I think the biggest thing that we can do as a society, no matter what you believe, if you're a Republican, if you uh, if you voted for Joe Biden, if you voted for Donald Trump, if you voted for freaking Harambe. Um, if we, I voted for Lisa Ann, she's doing more for the black community than anybody. Black sperm matters. <laughs> <laughs> she donated to more black college, more black colleges than anybody. God dang! Um, but I, I think if we really understood that, it doesn't matter what you know, where you lie on the political spectrum or what decisions you make when it comes time to go to the the voting polls or whatever, is that we just have to understand that these are all belief systems and we just respect individuals um, for for what they believe in. I think we would all be in a much better place. You know what I mean? I think that if once we realize that, you know, if a person chooses to support the LGBT community and a person chooses to support the the police officers and if they choose to vote this or that if we could all um understand that these are just decisions that we are making and we just respect people on a basic human level um i think we would be in a much better position but obviously that's wishful thinking yeah it's wishful thinking um we're just we're just too idiotic to see that like what I've learned over the years too, especially with all this news coverage, it's just it's just overloading us with with just nothing but just it's nothing. Like if you watch Fox News, you just look and see how that poisons people. You look at MSNBC and you look at how non-objective and how liberally biased MSNBC is, also, and it's not helping us. It's just reaffirming our beliefs. I forgot who said this, but they said that people watch the news for affirmation, not information. Yeah, I heard that before. Yeah, I think I think if what um, if you are heterosexual at that at centennial and um, you pulled up with your Trump flag or whatever, what you really should have done was supported the gay community because you realize it's more centennial hoes for you to go around. All right, Keith, I don't know. You're a little out of line with that one, man. Hey. We need a. We need like a. We need to get that. We need to get that soundboard back. <laughs> I would have totally pressed some. I would have pressed like a doomsday button or something. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> nah, you know what would have been perfect for that mm-hmm. would have been like a, a, a what do you call it a jaws emoji like mm-hmm. the the shark the shark. Oh. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> oh man we gotta get the soundboard back man we had it for a little bit people loved it man they was messing with the soundboard they was fucking with it man they was busting yeah. up we had the we had the street fighter ryu yeah yeah hadouken yeah we gotta get the soundboard back yeah we got it where's uh, the board is in here somewhere yeah it's over there on that show oh yeah we gotta get it back man mm-hmm. yeah that was a dope little deal but yeah uh in closing man um it's pride month um, I don't have 
how do I put this? I don't, you, you don't have to support the whole pride month thing. You don't. And that's okay also, mm-hmm. but it's not okay to get involved negatively in someone's something they support, especially something such as being gay. Mm-hmm. Cause some of these kids is coming out to their parents and whatnot. And this is a whole it's big, tough. it's tough. It's a whole thing that we can't comprehend. So it's just like the extra hate is just unnecessary, man. You know what I started to realize is I think a lot of this pride support in um, this whole, you know, there's uh, certain companies changing their logo to add rainbows. Yeah. And I seen uh, Disney had a collection, like a Pride Month collection, where Mickey Mouse's head is, you know, the shape or whatever. It's a rainbow a flag in there. Uh, I think that, I think some of this support is... Um, very fake. It, of course it is. We talked about this. Yeah, but but I say that to say, like, I'm not even talking about the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I'm saying that they are making um, cool shirts and cool Pride Month supportive things. Um, and they're almost doing it in a way where... The cool is more important than the subject matter, if that makes sense. Wow. So with Elaborate. The, so with the pride, so with the, the 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 Mickey Mouse head and the rainbow, if somebody looked at that and they didn't understand the dynamics of the whole LGBTQIA plus community, they would buy because it, it looks cool. It looks exactly. Ah. So I think there, I think a lot of these companies, and I think Disney um, definitely is one of them. They're just trying to make cool attire, and then they put a sprinkle of. A little bit of rainbow flag in there or something like that. Mickey Mouse changed his name for this month. What is it? Dickie Mouse. (laughs) 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 All right, kids, I'm Dickie Mouse. Welcome to Disneyland. God damn. I sure do love Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that was crazy. Oh man! Well, shout out to Dickie Mouse. All right, man. Switching gears. Um, want to wrap, wrap it up? Where we at, man? You can throw one more in there. No, not now. Oh, yeah. It's uh, we're at one fifty three. Okay. All right. Get it. Get the people a good show. All yeah. right, man. Y'all have a good one. Later. No, <laughs> Bye, nigga. <laughs> nah. Um, this one here. Let's get rid of that one. Um, you can't put a filter on your life. Um, I'm bringing this up because, for example, uh, I was having a conversation with Keith and it was more or less like you'll see people that will be on Instagram or other forms of social media and they'll be checking into the gym all the time and posting all this shit about motivation and they post all these motivational quotes and whatnot. And they'll basically... It's almost like they're fighting for you to believe this idea of who they are, right? But in the past three years or whatever years or whatever time, you've seen no physical growth. Like, we people don't give a fuck about the fact that you post motivational quotes all the time or always post you at the gym. Where are the results? Mm-hmm. 
Where are the results? Mm-hmm. You could put you could put different angles up of your body or your or you could put different angles up of you or whatever you're doing, but you can't put a filter on your life. Your life is the actual results of where you are. Mm-hmm. You cannot put a filter on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people think you can do that, man. I, I know some people that literally like we, we had a conversation earlier about subject matter, a, a, a subject. I will not say his name. But this is a person who has been involved in many things, doesn't ever have a job, but is posting a bunch of cash on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, I think in real life, we all know the real you. Mm-hmm. But the perception of you on social media is that you got money. Yeah, you can't take social media with you. We bring social media up quite a, a lot on here. But I try to hit it from a different angle because I think it's. Oh, you be hitting stuff from different angles, man. Like like Dicky Mouse. But (laughs) (laughs) you like that, huh? (laughs) You like that, Lisa Ann? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it's just because we really need to understand that you can't put out this facade because people are really gonna fucking see you, man. They're really gonna see life is about results. It's, yeah. it's not about bullshit. It's not yeah. about it's not about you putting this up. And here's the point. This is the point I was gonna make. Going to the gym and not making progress at all is the same as wearing a Gucci belt while living in the hood. Mm-hmm. Like you could wear a nice expensive belt, it looks good, but you still live in poverty, bro. Mm-hmm. You having that Gucci belt does not change the fact. That you live in poverty, bro. Yeah, but this is what we do. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that's a, a good point. There is this um, this uh, I would call it like a discrepancy in the way that a lot of us live on social media and then and how we live in the real life. And you gave an example a long time ago about how you would post. You would post yourself going to the gym or coming from the gym or taking a picture or whatever the case may be. And then right after that, you go into Jack in the Box. Right. So I think that um, <clears throat> that's how a lot of people live their lives. And and this is this is all aspects of social media, whether it's a relationship, whether it's working out, whether it's music, whether it's, um, you know, wh- whatever the business, whatever the case may be. Um, I know somebody that, you know, every time they shout out to Nate. Uh, every time they go to Nate's studio, they posting a, uh, posting a, uh, um, a picture of them in the studio rapping or, you know, listening to the mix. They nodding their head. They like, yo, we in the studio again. And they're giving this impression of the, this idea that they work on music diligently, but in reality, they only work on music maybe two or three times, exactly. you, know, you know, every few months or whatever. And this is the same type of person that I, I remember this one, this one dude, he, um, he had, uh, celebrated via, and I don't know if, and I don't know where the delusion or what went wrong or what, but he was celebrating this, um, this, uh, accomplishment as far as streaming numbers go. And then 
so he, he he posted the video like yo shout out to everybody that supported me my mom my brother my, my boys out there all the fans my girl shout out to everybody we gonna pop bottles to celebrate you know this accomplishment or whatever i was like oh shoot that's, that's me i'm just oh, that's right, yeah. me i'm just casually looking you know what i mean and i'm a i'm a, a pessimist always at first so i'm i'm looking and seeing i'm like oh that's cool that's a dope accomplishment let me go and see if this is real or if this is right, not real right so i checked I checked it, you know, Spotify is one of the more transparent platforms mm-hmm. as far as numbers. Like you can go on there and see how many monthly listeners Drake has or J. Cole or right, whatever right. and see how many streams like certain songs has. So I go on there and I look and I'm like, oh, snap. Like, I don't see the number that he's celebrating. On. How many? Do you remember how many was on there? Uh, it, it was one of the less than. One thousand. So if it's less than a thousand, it uh, doesn't show the actual number. Uh, so it, it was less than a thousand. But damn, yeah. But that, but that's the thing. Like, and I'm sure somebody was like, "Yo, congratulations, bro!" Like, whatever. But we got to realize that that's just a, like you said, that's just a filter. That you know, as soon as you know, you know, the real, we come back to reality, or that person that's taking that picture with the filter. As soon as we see them in real life at walmart or whatever and we realize it ain't that person don't look like they do on on whatever platform you know and i think that's what people do with a um with 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 the with social media in general they like to create this this uh the best version version of themselves um and i think honestly i think people i think honestly just for your mental health if people would lean on their real life i think that people would feel much better just in general. Cause I see some people like they, they, they feel like they got to carry an image. Like exactly. even, when it, even when I see you in person, because, because they know that there is like, um, this like catfish element to their social media. There you go. You know what I mean? So every, like, even if, so like for me and Eddie, like, I mean, we in here with flip flops, yeah. my shirt wrinkled, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's hot as hell. Um, and we just in here chilling. So if we, if you've seen us at like Food Max or Walmart or whatever, Food you know, Max after the podcast, it, it wouldn't. We we don't present ourselves as like these, you know, these elite. like we own. Right. You know what I mean? So if you see us, it'd be like, oh, these are just that. That's kind of what I expected them to look like. Kind hey, there of thing. you go. But I think that some people they hold up this image, or you know, even we talked about the gym. And some some dudes that like, <laughs> I remember, I remember there was this dude named Edward, right? And this is years ago, maybe like 2011. Um, he had he was on this fitness journey, right? And he was one of those people that was posting, you know, like, yo, headed to the gym, sitting in front of the mirror, the whole nine. And uh, that's what we thought his brand was now, you know? Mm-hmm. So when we seen him in person, it was like, yo, what's up, man? I see you've been in the gym. He was like, oh, honestly, I ain't been in the gym in like a month. Oh, my God. But that's the type of energy, like, people be having on social media Bro, versus real life. I'm telling you, the worst ones are the people that have a new quote every other day. And, like, it's like, dog, we get it. You like motivational quotes. Yeah. But are you, apply- are you applying any of these things mm-hmm. to your life? Yeah. If, you, if there's no results that come with this, this I guess, this thought mm-hmm. or this... this um, this level of thought that you're trying to get. So you got to understand the things that you post the most of, you're trying to get people to believe. Yeah. Like that's why I, I, I like to make my social media very general. I don't want you thinking I'm up or down. Mm-hmm. Period. 
I just want you to just know that I'm a human being like everyone else. I got lows. I got highs. I got pro. I got problems. I got everything just like everyone else. Yeah. There are some people you would you would think that they it's some people that's always on vacation. You ever see these motherfuckers? Yeah. Some people always on vacation. They got a drink. You thinking like, wow, their life is so great. Yeah, that's they lit. They lit. You meet yeah. them in person, like, oh my god, I don't know. People, uh, oh, sorry. No, you good. I, I think people obviously the filters are pretty much to mask and insecurity, but I think that um, even more than just the filter, I think that people um, have these uh, social media personalities that that they put on to try to mask their insecurities. It's who they want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, men and women, but I think more so women, oh, yeah. um, they have that, uh, the social media presence. And then you'll, you know, if you slide into their DMs or you try to holler at them or whatever, um, you start to realize like, oh, snap, that, that confidence that they exude on their social media is not, not the same in real life. Nope, it's mm-hmm. totally not. I've mm-hmm. had that happen recently. Mm-hmm. Ran into a chick that I, I'm not going to say who or give any clues, but ran into her at the gym and she just this super, you know, you know the people that are very. I don't even say the word is not photogenic, but mm-hmm. they're they're very like they be posing and the booty pics and yeah, just the super like I'm fierce whatever. You see them in person, it's like a pussy cat. Yeah, it's like a person that's kind of like insecure. Yeah. You know, or whatever the case. And, you know, I, I don't I, I don't play into it. I'm just very general, respectful. And then I go about my day. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, yeah, that chick, she's definitely full of shit. Even people that I know, like it happens mm-hmm. to me sometimes or like I'll follow them via Facebook or social media or Instagram or whatever. It's two different people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I know this person and I know I could recognize them, but I'm like, oh, snap. Like, you know, it still happens to people you have, you know, personal relationships with. I'd be like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. It could be somebody that's super professional at work, mm-hmm. you know, or, or somewhere you know them. And then somehow you that you add them to social media and then on social media, her name is Nasty Natasha or some shit. Yeah. You'd be like, wait a minute, ain't you a supervisor at work? Yeah. And very and very professional. And then you go on there. I'm not saying that you can't live. I'm saying I don't think that your life, your life should be that drastically different in different settings. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think you should pretty much be the same person everywhere. That's my opinion. Yeah, you, you're going to you're going to get. So, I feel like you get so much further in life just being yourself all the time, whether you're on a podcast, whether you're on a YouTube vlog or whatever the case. Yeah. Because so if you see me in person, I will crack a joke like Dickie Mouse in person. Yeah. Yeah, you, you'll get those jokes here. Yeah. Yep. Shout mm-hmm. out to Mickey Mouse, man. <laughs> and shout out to shout out to Lisa Ann, bro. Yeah. That's somebody I would really want to have a conversation with. On a podcast? Yeah. That she's been be on it. a few she's been on a few podcasts. She has a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That whole that whole industry is um very interesting. And I think now a lot of those women are moving into a space where they're starting to talk more. And, you know, they, like you said, they do have a lot of state, lot to say, a lot of stories and not even like the gossipy stuff, but just no. like the, you know, the journey to, you know, becoming a porn star and how you deal with the relationships outside of porn. And right. they'd be having like real relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah. And these these are like highly some of these women are like highly articulate. Like Yeah. Um Lisa Ann's pretty smart. She she had an interview with Andrew Schultz on Flagrant. Yeah. And a she lot had, of it got the video got destroyed or whatever, but Oh yeah, but and then she was on I think she was on lip service too. Mm-hmm. But the conversation she's very business minded. That not to cut you off too, but also they're like professional sex people you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they they have it down to a science almost which is weird like they yeah. talk about how the guys like they know the amount of pumps until they about to nut and all that's like crazy some, like some wild yeah wild stuff it's like the nba of fucking yeah pretty much wow these are pros man yeah that's nuts dicky mouses yeah dick dick him down james <laughs> all right well um looks like we came to the end of this episode man um I just want to say before we get off here, man, it's been three over three years and we appreciate all of you guys that that uh, give your time to tune in every mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. It means a lot, you know. Yeah. Especially being as we're not some fucking we're not Kevin Hart or some big superstar, whoever. And you take the time every week to tune in. It does not go. It does not fall on deaf ears. We definitely appreciate you and we will never forget who you are when we're worth $10 million. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm curious to know, like, <laughs> are, is there another version of like us out in the world where it's just two or it doesn't have to be two people, but like a, a podcast um, created with two people that are not famous by any means. Um, and they just been rocking for like three, four years. Oh, I'm pretty positive there is. Yeah. And they probably put out great content. Mm-hmm. It's probably like a white version of us out into the world. Yeah, we had some doppelgangers out there. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a, a white truck driver and a white uh, film director guy mm-hmm. that with glasses. And <laughs> he instead of having Keith's hair, he has like a mullet or something. Yeah, mullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. All right, well, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We are out of here. Peace.